0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith, thankful for this another wonderful opportunity as we continue in the teaching of the Word of God, getting dressed for battle. Let's pick up in Ephesians and chapter 3, and let's pick up in verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We're saved by faith. We experience answer to prayer by faith. We please God by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, we walk by faith, and faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Our faith becomes strengthened, and we increase in the faith in God because of learning more about him. And so we say to the newborn babe in Christ not to stop, to engage in the study of God's word and understand that we never graduate until we go home to be with the Lord, that God is omniscient, he's omnipotent, omnipresent, he's sovereign. God has more to say, more to share, more to enlighten and illuminate our mind concerning biblical and divine truth. And the more we learn about his person, the more we learn about his might, his power, his ability, our faith increase as we do battle with our ancient foe, the devil. Again, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16 says, above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith here is depicted as a shield because the devil is a liar And he's going to throw things at the people of God, seeking to discourage, seeking to cause you and I to faint, to stop, to walk away from the Lord. But because of learning about him and knowing something about him and having our own personal experiences with the living God, we know that God is real. We know that God is able. We know and we believe that he's omnipotent and that he has the last say, that God is sovereign. God is in absolute, complete control. And so when the devil would come, as he would seek to discourage, seek to slow us down, seek to stop us and even his desire to kill us, as he comes with his poison, as he comes with deception and with deceit. The shield of faith will not permit him to get to us. It will bounce off, if you will, the shield, and we will continue to walk with the Lord in victory. What a great depiction of faith that it is a shield. But, beloved, we have to become fortified. We have to become anchored in the Lord. The reason why Bible study, our own individual Bible study, is important. The reason why Sunday school is important. The reason why midweek prayer meeting and Bible study, important. Christian books, important. The reading of the Bible every day, important. Prayer time, important. That's how we strengthen our spiritual muscles through Spending time with the Lord and learning more and more and more about this great God because we are engaged in a battle and I'm going to need my shield, my shield of faith to be able to say to the devil, you're wrong, you're lying again. And because of faith, we'll be able to do great things as we think about Hebrews chapter 11 and we see the great hall of faith. We think about Noah. Noah would build an ark. It took him 120 years. No doubt there were those who ridiculed and mocked and poked at and made fun of, but Noah continued to do that which God had called him to do. If he didn't have faith, He would not have been able to not only save his life, but the lives of his family. We're going to need faith in God, and we become strengthened in our faith because of knowing something about the Lord. May we know more than the fact that he's our Savior. May we know that he's the creator, the sustainer. May we know that he is sovereign. May we know that he's omniscient. May we know that he's omnipotent. May we know that he's love. May we know that he's just. May we study the attributes of God. And when we talk about theology, theology speaks to us concerning the character of God the Father. When we study Christology, that speaks to us concerning the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we study pneumatology, that speaks to us concerning the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. We believe in one God who eternally exists in three persons. God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And they are co-equal and co-eternal. We're going to need to learn about each one. Why? Because it will increase our faith. It will enhance our faith as we seek to do battle with the devil who is relentless and he knows exactly what we're doing and he has attacked and he will attack. Let's go further. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god may i take the helmet of salvation note that salvation is depicted concerning a helmet a helmet is placed over the head to protect my head to protect my mind may i know in other words better than i know my name that i am redeemed that I'm blood-washed, that I'm saved. And may I go further and be able to say, I also know that I cannot and will not lose my salvation. And may I know that there are several verses, a good 10 verses in the New Testament that reveal to me that once saved, always saved. And that is irreversible. Because the devil wants to tell me that I'm not a child of God. The devil wants to tell me that because I sin and and as long as I'm in the flesh, I'm going to sin by word and by thought and by deed, and the devil wants to shame me. And the reality is, as we grow in the Lord, may you and I become victors over the sin which easily beset me. May we be able to testify and say, I used to be, and I used to speak this way. I used to behave this way or that way. I used to go over there and engage in this particular kind of sin. But since I've met Jesus and spent time with him and got to know the God man, he not only saved my soul, but he rescued my life. And devil, you're a liar, devil. I'm a child of God, and heaven is my home, and that is irreversible. Let's look at a few verses that validate that truth as we come now to the book of St. John, the gospel according to St. John. Uh, What a great text here, as all of them are great. God has given us his word. He wants us to know him. He wants us to know that we can become redeemed, can become saved. He wants us to know that our salvation is secure. Note the text, St. John and chapter 5 and verse 24. The Bible says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hear my word and believe on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation. But it's passed from death unto life. Note further in St. John and chapter 6 as we consider verse 37. And the Bible says, all that the Father give me shall come to me. And him that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. Let's go further. Note further in St. John and this time let's consider chapter 10. As we pick up now in verse 27, St. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. What a great truth as we look at Jesus, as we look at God the Father. And we know at the moment of salvation, God in the person of the Holy Spirit indwells the believer, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. And Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 tell us that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit until we make our transition home. Hallelujah. Beloved, once saved, always save. We believe that. The Bible teach that. Let's look at another passage in the book of Romans, Romans and chapter 8. And we have a great text here, as we've said before, and all of them are great. Note the text, Romans and chapter 8. Let's pick up in verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress? Or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or pearl, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 38, for I am persuaded That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. We are kept. We are secure. I want to go to two more passages because they're powerful, and I want you to know them here in 1 John, 1 John and chapter 5. Consider with me, please, verse 13. 1 John, chapter 5 and verse 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What a verse. I have to read it again. What a verse. What a hallelujah verse. Beloved, we're kept. Beloved, we're secure. Beloved, we're heaven bound. And that is irreversible. The devil's lie can't stop it. The devil's lie can't change it. And that's why it is important, imperative, necessary, vital as Christians that you and I would engage in the study of the word of God. That you and I may be able to stand on the truth and on the authority of God's word when the devil comes with a lie. Note the text. Here we are in 1 John chapter 5. Let's read again verse 13 these things have i written unto you that believe on the name of the son of god that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the son of god well one more on this topic The book of Jude, Jude, as we look at the benediction, Jude, only one chapter. Consider, please, verses 24 and 25. What a great text. What an exciting text. What a magnificent truth that we stand upon. A truth that shall never Shift, change, fade, go away. Hallelujah. Verse 24, the book is Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. We are kept. We are secure. We are anchored in Jesus, and that will never change help us lord to be rooted and grounded in the word of god and help us to put on the whole armor of god for we are engaged in a spiritual battle spiritual warfare but the victory is ours and so we're told to put on the helmet of salvation helmet suggesting to protect the mind protect the head protect that which we know and understand concerning redemption and then also in verse 17 we're told to take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God second timothy and chapter 2 and verse 15, the classic, perhaps one of the verses that we first learn as we become new students to the Bible, and we see there the commandment, the charge to keep, we have a God to glorify. How? By studying first the word of God. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We're told to do battle with our ancient foe using the sword of the spirit. The word of God is a sword. And within 2 Timothy 2.15, we see four reasons why to study this sword. Number one, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God. We study to learn how to live before a holy God in a manner that will please the Lord and keep you and I in fellowship with God for favor is increased because of obedience the joy of the Lord increased because of obedience answer to prayer in the chances are increased that it will be a yes because of obedience to know God's will because of the study of God's word, note further. And then it says, a workman, We know God's will. We discover, discern the will of God for our individual life. Because of studying to obey God, we find that we're walking with the Lord. And we find that our spiritual ear, if you will, becomes more sensitive to hear the voice of God or the leading of the spirit concerning the what it is that God wants you and I to do and why I am here. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. No one has them all. Some have more than one, but no one has them all. And it is the Spirit of God who reveals, give, share, unfold, manifest the gift that God has given to us. And so we study to learn how to live. We also study to learn what to do. And then it says, a workman that need not to be ashamed, we study so that we may speak with great clarity and with great courage and great boldness the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God and share the gospel that others might become saved and share it as if it is true because it is. And we know that it's true experientially as we think about what the gospel has done within our own individual life. And then lastly, we study so that we may get the text correct, get the subject correct, because we are bombarded with heresy, bombarded with false teaching, false doctrine. And so we study and we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for opportunity. Thank you for a chance to serve. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your team, understanding that we don't have to serve, we get to. And because of spending time with the Lord, we're able to serve well, so that when we see him, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith, very thankful for this wonderful opportunity once again in the teaching and preaching and explaining and expounding of the Word of God. We're in the book of Philippians today, and let's pick up in chapter 1, beginning in verse 10. That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of good will. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. Here we see in chapter one, Paul as he writes under the inspiration of God, we find him in a dungeon, we find him in a cell, Not because of a crime that he had committed, but simply because he was on fire for the Lord and he was serving the Lord and he was faithful unto God. And sometimes preaching truth, preaching the Bible will get the preacher in trouble in this ungodly, demonic world that we live in. And Paul, he maintained himself. He stayed the course. He stayed encouraged he remained to preach and teach and pray he had a secure mind how is it that God was blessed uh, to use him and Paul was blessed to be used of God because his mind was made up he had a secure mind come what may uh, he decided to stay the course he decided not to flinch not to turn the left nor to the right but to stay anchored in the Lord and he had a perspective of this was the will of God for him therefore he knew he was in the will of God he knew he was where God had wanted him to be and God would permit him to see the fruit of his labor even the fruit of his imprisonment. We know that Philippians is a prison epistle and that there are five prison epistles in the New Testament. Note some things as we come to verse 10. That you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. We see here that Paul, he's writing to the saints at Philippi and he's concerned about them and he says to them I want you to become sincere and I want you to live unto the Lord without offense and I want you to do those things that God will approve to be excellent even if it means landing In the dungeon even if it means going through trial and tribulation the Bible says man that is born of a few days and full of trouble and we know that those who desire to live for Christ shall suffer persecution but Paul's mind was anchored it was secure in God and he knew that God was with him that God said he would never leave him never forsake him that he may boldly say God is my helper and i fear not what man would do but not only that he was able to see his fruit the fruit of his imprisonment the fruit of his crisis the fruit of his labor his faithfulness unto god beloved may you and i decide that we're going to be faithful to god may you and i decide that come what may if they like me if they do not may i have the decision and the desire to be loved of god to be in the will of god it's not an issue of what man says not an issue of what man does uh if they like me or not what matters most is to be in the will of god we already know that god loves us and he loves us unconditionally but we're talking about the favor of god we're talking about growing in the grace of god we're talking about god being pleased with my life. And there are times when God will uh, allow the affliction and we see his will manifested in the lives of others because of the affliction that will occur uh, to the believer. Note further, as we look back in Philippians chapter 1, let's pick up in verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. He says that he's in the will of God. He says that although I'm not comfortable, I'm in a dark cell, a damp cell, a a small cell, I'm sharing it with cat-sized rodents, yet he recognized that God had not left him and he recognized that God was still using him even in the midst of his plight, of his discomfort. Of his gloom and doom situation he had a secure mind he had a biblical perspective he knew that God was still at work and that's all that matters God may allow the storm to come he may allow the billows to rage and yet beloved all that matters is to know that we are doing the will of God we are walking with God, even in the midst of the storm, and that God will use the storm, and that's what we see here. We see here in verse 12, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather until the furtherance of the gospel note his biblical perspective his mindset he wasn't happy about being where he was uh, no one uh, would enjoy those conditions but he knew that god had permitted it and god had allowed it and he knew that god was with him he knew that god had positioned him but not only that he knew that god could trust him he knew that he was grounded and anchored in the lord beloved i ask you today can god trust you with suffering can god trust you with trial and tribulation will you give up On God, just because the storm is raging, just because you're going through some storm and thunder and rain. Paul, he had a closeness with God. He knew he was in the will of God. He knew that he wasn't in this situation because of sin. He knew that he was walking with God and that the devil was at work. And now he found himself in the dungeon, but he also understood that God permitted it. God allowed it and God was using it. What a great verse. What a powerful verse. God can use us anywhere at any time. But may it be true of you and I that we're going through what we're going through because of God allowing it, not necessarily because of God's wrath upon us due to sin. And so we see this great verse here in verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me, have fallen out rather until the furtherance of the gospel. In essence, he says, God has positioned me to meet people that I would not have met had I not been in this situation. For we understand that there were centurion soldiers who had the assignment to rotate in watching the prisoners. And Paul, we know based on Acts chapter 16, that when Paul went to prison, he praised the Lord anyway. When Paul went to prison, he sang the songs of Zion anyway. He preached anyway. He prayed anyway. In fact, the text says he prayed to the extent that the foundation began to shake what a mighty God we serve. And that the, no doubt, the uh, soldier took note that this is not an ordinary prisoner. This prisoner is different. What is he doing? Rejoicing. Don't he know? Don't he know? Don't he know where he's at? He has no business praising, rejoicing. Singing? Oh, what a great verse. I have to turn in the book, the book of Acts, as we consider chapter 16. As we look there, beginning in verse 25, and really beginning in verse 19, we see all of the beatings and abuse Paul and Silas had to endure, not because of a crime they committed. But simply because they were obedient to God, magnifying the Lord, sharing the word of God, praying to God, calling upon the Lord. And it landed them not only in jail, but they were given a swift beating. And they were beaten, the text says, with many stripes. And yet we find them there in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. What a great God. What a what a praying man. What a mighty prayer warrior. He had a secure mind. He understood why he was there that he wasn't going through this calamity and this tragedy and this discomfort because of sin and degradation and immorality and corruption. But he was there because he was in the will of God. Well, Jesus went to the cross. And beloved, we're going to suffer for the cause of Christ on this side of eternity as we wrestle and deal with our ancient foe, the devil, but he was anchored in God. He had a secure mind coming back to Philippians, Philippians and chapter one, as we continue here and look at this great passage, this great text that speaks to us concerning the faithfulness of God, the might of God, the power of God. What a mighty God we serve. We go further as we look further here in the book of Philippians and chapter 1. And let's continue there in verse 13. Well, allow me to read 12 again because they're connected. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Verse 13. So that my bonds in Christ Are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. Note that the centurion soldier became saved. How could he not? Hearing the word of God, hearing the praise unto the Lord, hearing the prayers unto God. Paul being Paul, he was dutiful. He was faithful. He was consistent. He magnified the Lord. And the centurion soldier on guard, he heard the word of God. The text says, faith come by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And he became saved, and he called upon Jesus for himself. God had positioned Paul to meet people in prison, people that he would not have met had he not unjustly been thrown into the dungeon. But let's go further. In verse 14, we see other benefits of his false imprisonment, the injustice. Verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. There was righteous indignation. Other brothers who were prior to Paul being thrown in the dungeon perhaps were not as on fire for God, were not as obedient, were not as consistent, were not so winning, did not have a mind bent toward sharing their faith. But now to hear that Paul is thrown in the dungeon, and not just thrown in the dungeon, but to experience a swift Severe, beaten, there's such a thing as righteous indignation, and so now we find others who were free and safe and secret disciples. The, the indignation was so great, the text says that they became bold. They became bold. Note the text there again. Verse 14, And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, my my affliction, my trial, my tribulation, the unjust uh, tribulation had done something to others who knew me, who loved me, who knew that I was not a crook, not a criminal, not a charlatan, not a phony, but sincere. And they became angry to the point that now they were speaking, they were sharing the message of, the gospel they should have been speaking before in advance but now the, the, the their feet were in the fire and they were inspired God used Paul's imprisonment not just to win people to Christ whom he would not have met but also to ignite a revolution in the hearts of believers note further there in verse 15 some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife and some also Of goodwill the one preach Christ of contention not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds here we see the false witness here we see those who were not saved those who hated Paul and they were satisfied and glad that Paul was thrown in the dungeon because of Jesus and somehow they reasoned, no doubt the devil had spoke to him and they reasoned that, well, if preaching the gospel got this man in trouble, let me do some preaching. Let me do some preaching, hoping and supposing that it will increase the affliction to Paul. Beloved, the re- reality is this, it's the gospel that saves. The reality is a, A person who's not saved can share the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And other people can become saved. And other people can become one, can become inspired, can become drawn. Why? Because the person is just the voice. John said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness, and here we find God using the unsaved voice, a heart full of malice, a heart full of anger, full of deceit, full of strife, full of hatred, hoping to add more affliction to a righteous man. And that's what we see there. Note again as we consider this great verse, verse 14, And many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. And then verse 15, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense Of the gospel verse 18 what then notwithstanding every way whether in pretense or in truth christ is preached and i therein do rejoice yes and i will rejoice god will use anyone how interesting we see the apostle paul a good man a faithful man a godly man he went through something it was uncomfortable it was unpleasant But because of a secure mind, he was anchored in the Lord. He was steady. He was solid. He was spiritually mature. God was able to use him. Some believers, if the wind just blow hard, they'll quit. God can't use that voice, that witness. But Paul had The secure mind. Beloved, may we decide now that we're going to live for the Lord. Come with me. Even when it caused some disturbance in our family, on the job, with our friends, in the church. May we decide now that we're going to live for the Lord and die for him. If I must. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us to grow to such depth, such height in God. That all that will matter to us is to please the king. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. Help us to grow and to mature to that level of spiritual maturity for those are the believers that God is able to use anywhere and everywhere at any time help us Lord grant it to be so we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus amen